What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Conversation. I'm Francesca Fiorentini. I am standing in for Cenk Uger, and I feel very, very special. We've got two interviews today with two progressive congressional candidates, one of them from Illinois' 11th district and the other from New Jersey's 6th. Super excited, glad to have you here with us. So let's just get started. Our first candidate is Rachel Ventura, who's a candidate for Congress in Illinois' 11th district. Rachel, are you there? I am here. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Hi. Thank you for being here. Um, so tell us a little bit about why you decided to run. So I um, currently sit on the Will County Board. I ran in 2018 and I uh, was only on there for about a year when I, or a few months when I spoke to our Congressman Bill Foster about signing on to the JPL Medicare for All bill. After several months of run around, he uh, basically said no, he would not be signing on to the bill. And so some local leaders had encouraged me to run for Congress. Um, however, I was not prepared to do so even though I had gone two years without insurance myself and I know the importance of this. But but in June of last year, uh, a group rallied his offices about passing the Green New Deal, and he has reminded us for 10 years that he's a scientist, so I was expecting him to lead the charge in this. Uh, I myself have a background as a mathematician and a naturalist, and I have a strong environmental um, voting record on the Will County Board. And so I was very outraged when I found out that not only is he not supporting the Green New Deal, but he is supporting a fossil fuel bill, to a, which is a $50 million bailout, and he's taking money from the fossil fuel industry. So it was after that I decided to uh, get involved in the race. And recently we had two editorial boards where uh, we really saw just how out of touch um, he was with our district. While I, I have been campaigning on closing the wealth gap in America by providing good paying jobs and healthcare. Uh, he spoke about the biggest issue of the district being AI uh, and artificial intelligence. While some things are concerning about that, that is not the thing that's keeping Americans from access to healthcare or good paying jobs. Wow, yeah. Uh, so you're saying that you went from, you're a board member at Will County and you went from basically lobbying uh, your, your congressman around Medicare for all and Pramila Jayapal's bill. Uh, mm -hmm. to then lobbying him around the Green New Deal and now finding out that he's actually in favor of giving a large handout to the fossil fuel industry. Yes, and I mean, what we found is uh, he's a bought and paid for politician. Like we've seen across this country, many of our congressmen are, and women are supporting their rich donors and not actually being advocates for their constituents. And so I'm not taking any corporate PAC dollars. Uh, we've been endorsed by several national organizations like Our Revolution, Brand New Congress, Matriarch PAC, Blue America PAC. These are all organizations that are out there fighting for the working class uh, and every American. So that's our tagline, is a government and an economy that works for everyone. And in order to do that, they have to raise small dollar donations and not be bought and paid for. Um, and so that's the challenge we have. He is the 34th richest person in Congress and has a small war chest. And we are uh, making excellent uh, waves. Uh, we They recently have uh, increased their staff and have taken two polls now uh, where we're out there knocking doors, talking to constituents, getting a 60% approval rating. And that's what it needs to, that's what we need to do all across this country is to stop allowing money and politics to dictate policy and start being a voice of people. Yeah, I see that you are also in favor of overturning Citizens United and that once again, you are not taking any corporate PAC money um, and that you're endorsed by the Sunrise Movement, which is a climate justice movement and that climate justice is hugely important to you. Just tell me a little bit about your work around that issue. 
Yeah, we have co-hosted now three climate uh, strikes here in our area, which we have Joliet and Aurora in our district, which are the second, third largest cities in Illinois, just outside of um, Chicago. And uh, so we had very successful climate strikes. We've had speakers come out. And then I personally have been helping an area here. We've got some coal ash um, that is not in line quarries and so it's leaching into our water. So we've been talking with the Illinois EPA about strengthening their uh, their laws here since we've seen continued cuts to the national EPA. So that's one of the things that we've been advocating for people to make sure that they have clean water to drink. Um, I also, when I was on the Will County Board, fought for 800 families in Fairmont to have clean water because the township wanted to privatize their water and Aqua, who was wanting to buy the system, is now being sued by uh, the state of Illinois, because they did much what Flint, Michigan did. They changed the way they processed their water and was poisoning people with lead poisoning for about seven months. And so it was really great that we were able to stop that privatization in our district. And we were able to work with levels of government to have an intergovernment agreement to so that they could get public water from the town next to them. Wow, so you successfully maybe prevented another incident like we saw in Flint from happening in your community. Yeah, and these are some of the things that we need to start looking at. We've got two refineries in our area. We've got you know chemical plants, we've got coal ash cleanup. So this is really ground zero for the Green New Deal. Um, we have people who really need jobs here. We have undocumented workers. We have a prison town where there are people who have past records. And unfortunately, instead of having good paying jobs for these individuals, plus all of the working men and women in our district already, is we have temp agencies who offer or who exploit wages because they know individuals don't have access to other jobs. So mm. they're getting paid less than minimum wage. They have horrible working conditions. We have the largest inland port in our backyard. So Amazon has taken in or has received $29 million in tax abatements over the last 11 years. Meanwhile, we have people who are making less than $15 an hour. About two thirds of our district on average makes less than minimum wage and or the $15 minimum wage, which is what we're advocating for. Whereas a third of our district makes more than double that. So we have a huge wealth gap here. So we need good paying jobs. We need criminal justice reform. We need immigration reform, which includes a pathway to citizenship, education reform, so kids aren't being crippled coming out of college and making sure that the college is paid for, fully funded from pre-K through college. These are all of the things that we um, are running this platform on. And this is what's resonating with voters because they understand these are things that will make their lives so much better, um, give them a quality of life, and it will also help affect the social um, issues that we're seeing in this country. Um, but our current congressman is turning a blind eye to all of these things. And you know he's taken 1.4 million from corporate banks, and he sits on financial services. He's taken 600,000 from the pharmaceutical and insurance companies, mm. uh, you know, and money from fossil fuels. So it's time that we have a new representative in the office. Do you think that uh, your opponent, uh, Congressman Bill Foster, do you think he's feeling the heat from your campaign? Absolutely. After the two editorial boards, we had a candidate forum, and he left shortly after we got started. Before the interviews were even done, the host did stop him and have him ask. We got to answer two questions before he tried to slip out the door. I did challenge him to a climate debate since I have a STEM background and he does as well. We have put some pressure on him. Called every day about this debate. The newspapers have printed 
the request of the debate and he has yet to get back to us. But uh, we definitely have been with the second poll now being launched. We definitely know that they are very nervous about this. Wow. So today is a day where the Supreme Court upheld a Trump administration policy that's called the public charge rule, right? Which basically discriminates against low income undocumented immigrants in this country. You have an incredibly strong statement on immigrant rights on your website. And it's very thoughtful. I just wanted to read it to you, which says that if undocumented workers have a reasonable path towards citizenship, that exploitation will stop and the undercutting of wages should strengthen our economy for all workers. Can you just you know expand on that a little bit for me? Yeah, I mean, people are already here working and living, but they're living in shadows because they feel they can't fully be a part of our society. So the first thing we need to do is make sure they have that pathway so they can be proud to be here and not feel like they have to hide. Um, the other thing, though, is these companies who will hire undocumented, they know that they can pay them less than minimum wage. They know they can pay them less than what uh, is required for that job. And so they, that they exploit those wages. So the first thing we want to do is make sure we protect the people who are here. The second thing is go after these companies, not just through fines, because if they feel it's still profitable to exploit workers, they will. Mm. Uh, but we need to have jail time as well for these companies who are, are violating human rights. And so by doing that, you know, we can make sure that the, the individuals who are here are getting paid good jobs and that everyone has an, an act, uh, attainable and accessible way to come to this country and become an American. Uh, I'm very upset about the Supreme Court. You know, it's not just the, the tired and the sick, but the poor as well were welcomed in this country once. And now we're saying that it's not. I know America can be better than that. Uh, my opponent, you know, he he supports a, a pathway to citizenship that's not very attainable. Mm. Uh, and one of that, those two aspects of that requirements are paying all the back taxes and paying all of the legal fees. Well, that can run into the thousands. And then without any type of time frame, you could be paying these fees for lawyers for 12, 15 years. So right. we need to make sure that people who want to become Americans and want to live the American dream have an ability to do so and come here regardless of their financial situation. Right, and holding uh, corporations accountable when they are paying lower wages um, and skirting around the system while protecting immigrants. One last thing is that you you also believe in giving the currently incarcerated the right to vote. Um, that is a really bold progressive stance that a lot of, um, not all progressives are, are unified on, but one person who is, is presidential candidate Bernie Sanders. Why do you believe that um, people who are in prison right now should be able to vote? Yeah, it's a really dangerous thing to put someone in prison and not allow them to vote because you know what happens if we have a shift, a dramatic shift in our politics, and we start getting arrested for things that maybe your due process has been taken away from you, and now you don't have a way to change that shift of government. Um, and if we incarcerate people, uh, you know, at high percentage rates, then then you're stuck. You know, you have no choice to undo that. And so the people who are being penalized by this should have a voice. They should have a, an ability to be a part of the system too. And one of the things that we're that I'm uh, supporting here is uh, close, uh, sealing your records to employers and to mm. uh, landlords so that when they've served your time and you've come out, you can be a part of society again. Otherwise, you're serving a life sentence. And that's not what the judge has ordered. And so we need to make sure that we can welcome people back into our into the working class into our communities and give them the chance that the second chance that they deserve. We all make mistakes and we need to be able to be a part of the system and voting is definitely a part of that.
That, that is incredible. Uh, Rachel Ventura, candidate for Illinois' 11th district. Best of luck to you. If you don't know, the primary in Illinois is March 17th. Uh, Rachel's going head to head with uh, uh, Democrat Bill Foster, the incumbent, and of course, the general is November 3rd. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you. All right, and are we going to a break? We're going to a break. Uh, stick around, we are interviewing one more candidate. Welcome back to The Conversation, I'm Francesca Fiorentini. I am sitting in for Cenk Uger and it's exciting because I get to speak with progressive candidates. And your next candidate is running for New Jersey's 6th District. His name is Russ Sirincioni and he joins me right now. Russ, thank you so much for taking the time. My pleasure, thanks for having me, Francesca, how are you? I'm good, so tell me, you're currently an attorney, is that correct? Yeah. Right, I'm an attorney, I work for New York State government as a public servant. All right, and why now run to be another public servant, but this time as a congressman? Why? What inspired you to run against Democratic incumbent Frank Pallone? There's so many reasons, but primarily I'm a father and my two and a half year old son is counting on me to fight for his future, right? The climate crisis is threatening our Jersey Shore. And his future completely is dependent on how we deal with the climate crisis today. Yeah. And in the Shoreline District, we by 2035, my home is projected to be underwater two times a month. And our shore has been facing the climate crisis firsthand already. We have seen a two degree increase in temperature. Today was 50 degrees. Uh, we've seen one and a half feet in sea level rise, and there are townships in our district now that actually flood every time it rains. So we deserve a climate champion in Congress that will fight for a Green New Deal, and that's what I plan on bringing to Congress. Right, this is the Jersey Shore, but it is no joke. Like it is, this is reality TV we don't want to see. We've seen it, right? I know that you're a supporter of the Green New Deal, right? And and. Why are you a supporter and how do you speak with your, your voters in your district about the Green New Deal? So the Green New Deal is the most aggressive economic stimulus package that America will ever see. We're going to make the investments in our economy that we need. We're gonna create 20 million jobs across the country. And when we speak to voters, honestly, many people are familiar with the term itself, just the Green New Deal. It actually polls at 84% in this district mm. uh, it, with Democratic voters. They We support it here because we know we've been facing the climate crisis firsthand and it's fresh on everybody's minds. Do you feel like folks in New Jersey are also scared and concerned for the, the same kind of sea level rise that you're talking about? Does it is that resonating with people? Um, and, and how is the current uh, congressman dealing with that very real climate threat or not? It's definitely a concern, and you know, from a um, from just a energy standpoint, it completely makes sense because the projections, if we switch to renewable energy by 2030, we can cut our electric bills in half, and we're talking about community-owned energy infrastructure, which will be for the common good to serve the people here. Uh, and the current representative, Frank Pallone, he actually just released their climate framework. Uh, they're calling it the Clean Future Act. Uh, it does nothing to regulate emissions. It puts us on a path of 
30 years investments in fossil fuel pipelines. And it's a complete uh, and utter failure of climate uh, action from this representative. Wow, yeah, that is scary. Um, uh, The other issue I know that you're really passionate about is housing. And actually you've done a lot of work around affordable housing in New Jersey. If you are elected Congress to Congress, what, what do you see as the future of housing rights in your state? We really need to invest in, um, in in housing on a national level, and we have to build more housing here in New Jersey. We also have to even enforce the rules that we have on the books now mm. uh, to make sure that um, more people have affordable homes. So we're actually ranked the fourth highest state in the nation uh, in terms of rent. The two-bedroom apartment averages at about fifteen hundred dollars a month, wow. and to to uh, afford an apartment like that, you have to make $23 an hour. In our district, about 90,000 people work on the minimum wage and housing is becoming unaffordable very quickly. So we have to build more housing, we have to enforce the rules on the books, and we also need to make sure that we guarantee housing as a right in this country because nobody should be sleeping on the streets. Mm-hmm. And what are some of those rules? Because I think oftentimes people are confused about, you know, they either think it has to be building more housing or rent control, you know, and 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 there are measures in place right now, but that maybe aren't actually being enacted. So, what are some of those rules that you're talking about? So, I think we need to have a rent stabilization nationally because our rents should not be able to jump 10, 15, 20% in a single year. That is just really, a it creates a crisis. Mm -hmm. So if we stabilize the rents and keep them affordable for everyone, it will really protect tenants and make sure we have an affordable housing stock. So we also need to look at the rules of HUD and make sure that you know we have to expand the Section 8 program and increase the funding. And we also have to make sure that Tenants are the direct beneficiaries of all of our programs. Yeah, right. Currently in the hands of Ben Carson, those very, very strange hands. <laughs> what besides, besides, let's say, climate change and housing rights, what are some of the issues that your constituents are telling you that are is the most concerning to them right now? So we're concerned about the high costs of health insurance in our state. We pay the fifth highest in the nation. Uh, there's some um, there's some projections where we're going to be forced with a 16 to 20 percent increase in our health insurance next year. And there's only three health insurance providers in New Jersey. About 60 percent of people have employer-sponsored uh, health care programs. But we're all concerned about how our health insurance right now does not put the control of our health care decisions in our hands, mm-hmm. right? We pay we pay high premiums and we have high deductibles. The average deductible is about 2,500. Uh, our premiums cost about 4,500 for the whole year. And coming out of pocket for a medical emergency, I, I've heard from many people that, you know, someone I spoke to last week, he, uh, he had appendicitis, his appendix burst, and he has good insurance through his company. When he had an emergency operation, he still was left with a 3,000 hospital bill afterwards and to pay that he has to go into he, he's gone into medical debt so oh we we're very concerned with the high cost of health insurance here and how uh, 
people actually are very excited about Medicare for all because it puts the control of our healthcare decisions back into our hands and it'll provide health coverage for the lowest cost. Right. Yeah. So you are a proponent of Medicare for all then? Oh, absolutely. Yes. We need Medicare for all. It, it's We're way overdue for a single payer healthcare system. Uh, 30, 32 out of the 33 major nations on the planet have already done it. And in New Jersey, we're getting uh, we're getting nickeled and dimed at every turn for our, for our health insurance. But we really should switch to a single payer, very efficient system like Medicare for all. In uh, doing yeah, doing so will say will save the average person in our district about three thousand dollars per year. Wow, yeah, and that's and that's a big difference, and also not having to go bankrupt for an appendicitis, which. You know, is is very, very, very common. What about your incumbent, your your opponent, Frank Pallone? Do you think he's paying attention to your campaign? Is he feeling the heat? Uh, I'm not sure he's feeling the heat yet, but actually on Saturday, uh, myself and about 15 activists went to one of his events. Mm-hmm. He actually took a question from me. Uh, you know, he I've introduced myself to him several times. He knows who I am, uh, but I was honestly very surprised by. Um, by, by him being open to have a question for me, and I specifically asked if he would back Medicare for All, HR 1384, and he told me no, he would not. Uh, even after laying out all the economic benefits for our state, uh, in our state budget, we'll save two and a half billion dollars. Our local governments and county governments will save in the hundreds of millions. And in our state of New Jersey, 700,000 people have no health insurance, they can't afford it. In our district, New Jersey 6th, 42,000 people have no health insurance. Wow. Even those, all of those reasons for him does not affect his judgment. He's the chair of the Energy and Commerce Committee. He could call it for a House vote tomorrow. Wow. But really, those are more than enough reasons for me to 100% advocate for Medicare for All. On day one of being sworn in, I'll immediately co-sponsor or sponsor that bill, HR 1384, Medicare for All. Wow, that's great. I mean, your you you know your race is sort of reminding me of AOC's against uh, Joe Crowley, right? Um, it's, Frank Pallone's been in office for how long now? Like a couple decades? 32 years. Okay, so yeah, about <laughs> as long as my life. Uh, yeah, so 32 years. I mean, and what's what's then the reaction to someone like you, an upstart progressive Democratic candidate, um, young father? Like, you know, are, are people like, hey, hey, stay in your lane. Let's not let's focus on the Republicans. Um, or are, are you feeling like there is some support for something new? There's absolutely support for new representation here. Uh, we're having. Um, Really, every single day we're growing our volunteer base. Uh, two to three people at least are coming onto our uh, onto our team and joining as volunteers, ready to knock doors, ready to make phone calls. Uh, when actually, when we go out and knock doors, most people are open to uh, a change in representation. And you know, after 32 years of the same representation, it's about time that we try something new. We try someone who is going to demand the change that we need. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Russ Sirincioni, thank you so much for joining us. Um, you, we can go to your website, right, to find out more about you, Sirincioni2020.com, uh, running for New Jersey 6th District. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Sure. <laughs>
The most Italian name since my name, Rastirincioni. I'm Francesca Fiorentini, that's been the conversation. Thank you for sticking around and watching it. This is wonderful. I love this space, you love this space. We love TYT, okay, I'm done, bye-bye. <laughs>